Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. You know, our series that we started the year off with is not just a couple of messages at the, at the beginning of the year, but really our, our passion, our call for the year, um, and which is by... Um, by all means. I'm thinking this message, and I'm having trouble remembering the last couple of messages, by all means. Um, And really, I believe just whatever is spoken from whoever speaks it this year, it will be to further drive in that that statement of by all means. Um, That is really what we want to happen in us and through us this year um, and really for the rest of our lives. But let's just say it's this year, okay? Um, and, and it's just a statement I believe that God has given us for the time that we live in, for this year, um, and for us to, to really seek after Him with all of our might. And this uh, next series that we're starting is um, entitled, I Have So Much to Tell You. Um, has anybody said that before? I mean, you all have, so, I mean, you can say yeah or not, but you all have. I mean, we all do, and I, and I really think about the times that we say that. I have so much to tell you, and many times it's because uh, we're about ready to gossip um, or say stuff, you know, negative that happened uh, at work or at school or with somebody that we were having lunch with or whatever. I mean, who knows what it is? You know, that sometimes, you know, it's good stuff. And it's like, wow, this is something like amazing that happened. I have so much to tell you. But many times it's not the good stuff. It's the gossip. It's the, the negative stuff or the stuff that this person did or that person did. Um, but I, I just, I, I really feel like God has been speaking to me about how much we get excited to tell people something that is negative or something that we did. And are we getting that excited to tell people about what he did, what what God did, what he's doing in our life? And it's funny because, look, I've, I'll talk about myself. Like, I could talk all day long. No, I can't talk all day long. Okay, let me rephrase that. I can talk some about stuff that I did. I'm just not a huge talker, you know. I've told that story before when Tori and I were dating. We'd talk on the phone. Actually, she would talk on the phone. I would listen, and that's kind of how it went. But I'm not a super wordy guy. But I can talk when I get excited about something that I did or something that happened. But then I'm thinking about, am I getting that excited, like so excited about what God is doing in my life that I can't hold it in? Like that I have to say, I've got so much to tell you to whoever I come in contact with. And and that really is that that passion for what we're going to be speaking about for the next couple of weeks. 
And I pulled a scripture from later on in, in, the, in the message just to kind of give you uh, a little something, so they won't have this up on the screen yet, I don't think. But uh, in John 16, Jesus says, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. And you hear Jesus say, there is, it's like him, I can imagine his face, he's like, there's so much I want to tell you about. You know, he's got this in him, this word, this life, and he just wants to just blast you with it, but you can't handle it now. But you can't handle it now. And and really, I guess my, my heart in this is that I want to be in the place where I can handle it. There's a couple of things in here. Like, Jesus said, I've got so much to tell you. And one, I want to be in the place where I can hear everything that he is saying. Now, of course, we've got the Spirit of God with us, and there's, it's like so much easier for us now. Like, they were just totally, even his disciples, are like, I'm telling you this thing, and you just don't see it. You don't understand what I'm saying. All these different things. I mean, his guys, you know, his peeps, the ones that were surrounding him, and even they couldn't understand it. And we have an even better chance of getting and understanding those things because the Spirit of God resides in us and helps us and, and gives us that revelation, right? Brings it alive inside of us. And so I want to be, but are we allowing him to do that? I want to be in that place where I can handle it, where I can hear it. And also, really because of that, because I've heard it, I want to be one that has that heart and passion like Jesus did to say, I've got so much to tell you, and it's not about me. It's about God. It's about what he's doing. And I love, uh, in John 7, you have this time where Jesus is out speaking to the people and and just revelating, you know, like it's just flowing out of him. He's just blasting people with the Word of God, like He is just giving it to them. And, and so the religious leaders, they, they're like, listen, this is not acceptable. We're going to have to go arrest Jesus. And so they send their officers out to go pick Him up and bring Him back and say, you got to bring Him back. He's, he's telling all these lies. They were trying to, to arrest him, saying that he was deceiving people and, and all these different things. And, and so they send these officers out. In verse 32, the Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning him, and the Pharisees and chief priests sent officers to take him. So then the officers go out to pick up Jesus, you know, bring him back in cuffs and, and, and walk him back in here so we can ask him what he's doing and why he's doing it and put him on trial. We're going to get him, right? And in verse 45, it says, Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why have you not brought him? 
Why have you not brought him? I love this. I love it. Why haven't you brought Jesus? We sent you out to pick him up and bring him back. Why haven't you brought him to us? And the officers answered, no man ever spoke like this man. No man ever spoke like this man. He was speaking words that changed people in a second, their, their hatred for him or their disdain for him. These officers coming after him to arrest him, saying, like, this guy is messing people up and he's deceiving them and, and, and it's all this stuff that he is saying is not, I mean, it's not what we've been reading in the Scripture. And they go out and come back and say, there's, there's nobody that's ever spoken like this man. We couldn't possibly touch him because of what was coming. Not because, not because he was so tough or he fought them off or he had a sword. You know, he, he wasn't... He didn't shoot him. He didn't do any of this stuff. He, what he did was he spoke to him. He was speaking to people and the words cut through anything that came. The words. No man ever spoke like this man. Of course, the chief priests, the Pharisees get, you can see, super frustrated because the next couple of scriptures and they're like, have you also been deceived? They're just like frustrated. Like, how could you do this? But they didn't stand in front of him like the officers did. And see, really, for since then to this day, there have been people that are trying to come against the words of Jesus and what he spoke and say why it's wrong or what's messed up or, or that it doesn't line up. But do you know that they cannot? Because when somebody truly goes to find any kind of inerrancy or untruth in what he spoke, they ultimately learn that they can't find that, but they find him. What, what was it about, about him, about Jesus that made him speak like no other? Nobody else has spoken like this man. Nobody else has said the words that he said that, like, we can't, we can't even bring ourselves to, to arrest him or to put our hands on him because of the words that he was speaking. What, what was it? And in John 7, 16, it says this. So Jesus told them, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or merely my own. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves. But a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth not lies. So you get starting to get a little bit, a little picture of, of what made him different. Of course, 
He's God. Right? Came here, fully God, fully man, to save us from our wretched selves. But what I'm trying to draw out here is this, this is not something that is unattainable. This is not something like, oh, that was Jesus, and, and, and he could do that, and I can't do that. Because, I mean, really, he said that we're going to be able to do all those things that he did and more anyways, right? So there's no excuse anyways, but I'm, I'm just trying to say, his words broke down walls. They broke down barriers. They tore things apart. His words. And what was it that made that happen? He said again, my message is not my own. Whose message are we speaking? Whose whose words are we speaking? Are we speaking our own words? Are we speaking God's words? Are we speaking those things? You know, I, I look, like I said, I'm, I'm sorry if you're an introvert. I'm kind of, like, I can be introverted and extroverted at the same time. It's really weird. I know some people don't understand that, but some people do because you're like that too. Like, I like to be at home by myself and just chill and rest. But I can get super excited being around people. And then Tori, Pastor Tori, she, she's like, what? you're wearing me out. Like, you're just sitting there. Like, you get around people, and you're just going. And I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. And then I go crash at home. But anyway, but you don't have an excuse. And so many times, I made that excuse. You know what? I just, I'm just not that much of a talker, you know? I mean, listen, whenever I was younger, a teenager, like, you don't know how many people saw me just sitting somewhere, like, off to the side, and, like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm totally fine. I'm just chilling, you know? Are you sure you don't look well, or or you look depressed, or you look whatever? I'm like, I just don't want to talk, you know? And and I've, I've been there. I've done that. But what I'm trying to say is that really, no matter who you are, we don't have an excuse. It's not just that person that's that extroverted and loud and going to say anything and everything type of person that's going to speak this way or do this or speak God's words. But it doesn't matter who you are. Because once God gets a hold of you, see, I can still be in that same place. You know, not catch me outside. Catch me in the chair over there in the corner. I'll be over there. I would still be in that same place. Not that I've attained anything, right? Not that I've done something so much, but God got a hold of me and he's changed some things in me, right? And I just can't help but say it. So anyway, I just say all that to say. Don't tell me, oh, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what to say, or I don't, I, I don't know, I'm just not that much of a talker. We can make excuses, or we can allow what God has done in us and through, uh, in us to come out through us. 
And really, if it's not coming out, have you really allowed him to do everything that he needs or wants to do in you anyways? If it's not coming out, it didn't really do the full work. John 5, 39, it says, he's speaking to these religious leaders. He's like, listen, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. In other words, we can look in the right place or study the right things, but it not do what it's supposed to do in us. It's the right, I mean, it's the Bible. It's the right words. I can find things about him in here, but there's a point that I have to say. I'm not just reading the words. I'm finding him and want to be with him. Him. I want to allow Him to do something in me. Because I could tell you, there's lots of times that I've, I've been with people that can spout the Scriptures forward and backward, but there was a lack of something actually happening because of the words that they memorized, and it didn't change the things that it needed to change in them. You're still angry. You're still hateful. You're still... You, you're, you're reading that. You know that. But, but the things that it's saying, you aren't actually living them out. You know? And I, and I think about that. And not to hit on anybody, but I just want to say, and what really my heart is, is that like I want to know this word, but not just to know it, but to live it. And the way to live it is by knowing the one that the word is talking about. The, one, the way to be able to say it, to be able to speak those words is not because they're memorized, because memorized words have no power. The power doesn't come from the words. The power comes from the one that gives the words. you got to know the one who gave them in order to have the power. Do we know him? I love Isaiah. You search the scriptures, you think, because you think that the scriptures somehow, the, the words that were written down, themselves are going to give you the eternal life. But really what those scriptures are doing, he says, is pointing to me, the one who is activating those things that were spoken in your life, the one who is actually bringing the change, the change that these things, these words are speaking about. I'm the one that's going to do that if you accept me. How did he speak these things? I mean, there's so many scriptures. I'm not going to go through every one, but some of the stuff that he said is like, I can't do anything of my own accord. The Son of Man can only do what he sees the Father doing. This is Jesus. You know, we're, we're talking about 
God, call me. To save us. And he is saying, how is it that I speak these words? How is it that I do this? It's because I'm not doing anything of my own accord or because I want to. What I'm doing is what the Father wants me to do. He said, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and don't seek the glory that comes from the only God? How can you believe whenever you're just out there seeking glory from somebody else, when you're just worried about what other people think whenever you're going to say these words, if you're worried about how they feel about you or what they say about you, then how do you really think that something is going to happen that's changing you and you speak it if you're just worried about them instead of worrying about the one that gives you the words, the one that gave you the life, the one that created you? Are you, are you seeking him and to give him glory? Are you seeking glory from somebody else around you? So the one who seeks his, speaks his own, on his own authority seeks his own glory. Whose authority are you speaking? See, whose authority? How can you speak in a way that dismantles Things that, that shouldn't be there, that tears, breaks down barriers and walls. How do you speak and, and, and say something that brings healing? How do you speak these things? By not speaking for your own glory. And let me tell you, sometimes as Christians, we do that. We can say the right words but we're not putting the glory in the right spot. We might be saying the right words, but we're saying them so that somebody will look at us and say how great we are instead of saying the words so they can say how great he is. I know it's tricky because it's the same, it's like the same, the same words, Right? So what's the difference? The difference is our intentions. And the person that we're speaking to might not be able to differentiate our intentions or know our intentions, but God does. And he is the one that will judge that. Why are we speaking? Why are we doing these things? Is it for our own glory or for his? See, Jesus was more concerned about the glory of God, giving God the glory than anything else. That the glory and the honor would go to his Father. Not to him, not to anybody else. He says, I, I don't do this on my own. I'm just doing what the Father asked me to do. And I want him to receive all the glory. In John 5, it says, listen, I love this. Like, how, how can you speak these things? How can you be this strong? It's if you're not seeking approval from somebody else. And that's what Jesus said. In John 5, 41, it says, your approval means nothing to me. 
Now think about that. Can we get to the point where the approval of people around us, the approval of of those that we work with or work for, the approval, not to be mean or to be like whatever, I'm not seeking your approval, I'm going to be a jerk, you know? It's not that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, are we going to step out of this being afraid to share, to say these things? Are we going to step out in strength and speak the words that God has, has asked us to in the way that he has asked us to, I just, how do we do that? It's by seeking only his approval and not anybody around us. It says your, your approval means nothing to me. I love that. I just want to say that to somebody sometimes. There's been a couple of instances that I could have said that, and I wish I would have. Your approval means nothing to me. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on. But Jesus was tender and crazy tough at the same time. How how do you do that? Because I know whenever I get tough, right? I have to be tough and hard so things don't bother me, so I can say these strong things, so I can lead in a strong way. I have to be so tough. When I'm trying to do it on my own, I can't be strong and tender or tough and tender at the same time because I'm trying to fabricate something that I can't actually do on my own. Right? Like, think about this. There's times that Jesus came, and we'll probably speak, share some of these in some messages coming up, but like the time whenever Jesus went to the well and that woman that was you know, just, she was a mess. She was, you know, unaccompanied. She was by herself, and Jesus came up. He shouldn't have spoken to her, um, you know, because that's not, wasn't the custom of the day, and, and, you know, she came up. She's like, why are you, why are you even speaking to me? And he comes in this tenderness to her, and he speaks life into her. Actually, I mean, while also being a little bit tough at the same time, saying, listen, I know who you are. I know what your life has been, but it needs to be different. And then you go to an another scripture in Jesus is calling out the the leaders as serpents. He's calling them out as children of the devil. Like, 
I want to do this. I want to be the most tender person that comes, and you can, you can just come, and I will love you like nobody has loved you. I, you can come. You will feel so welcome. And then I also want to be able to turn around and be so strong that when somebody comes with evil intentions that I can call them a children of the devil. You're the child of the devil. You know, I think, I think about that. You've got Jesus, and, and, and he spoke with such tenderness to the, to the kids that he came in contact with. Those that, that were hurting and broken, there was so much tenderness. But when he came to somebody that thought they knew everything, especially when it was a religious person, right? When it was one of those religious leaders. And he said, you're all serpents. You're all little devil children. All you're doing is following the devil. And speaking with such strength and authority. He said the Pharisees were hell-bound serpents. That's, I mean... Saying it like it is, you know? You think that you know what God wants, but you actually are not seeing the one that He sent that's standing right in front of you. I... <laughs> in John 8, 28, it says, So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am He. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me. I do nothing on my own. I want to live that way. I want, I want to live that way. I want to hear these. See, we can read these words over and over and memorize these words, but not get the point of what these words are saying. And I guess that, that's my heart. It's just like, can we, can we take and internalize this in a way that we're not just reading them, we're being changed by them, that it's changing me, that I can stand up here or out there or somewhere and speak with strength and tenderness and say, the only reason that I can do this, the only reason, is because I'm just saying what God has taught me, what He's spoken to me. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with Him. And we come to the point where He prayed for his disciples and for us, right? Everybody who was going to come after that. And he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, you, Father, and in me, and I in you. 
that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. I think about that scripture, and of course, he's, you know, just moments before he's going to go to the cross and die for our sins. And he was praying for you and I. Of course, he starts out by praying for his disciples and those that he was with and he was teaching. But then he goes on to say, he's like, listen, I pray that they could be one. As you and I are one. And they can be one with us. And that everybody that comes after that can hear your words. I just, I just think about this and it's like, He says, I don't, I don't just pray for them, but I pray for all those that will come to know. To all those that will come to know you because of what they've said. To be sanctified. To be set apart, right? That word sanctified means to be set apart. Are we set apart? How do we speak these things? How do we have the strength and the understanding, the courage to share these things? I know that it's not by doing it on my own. I know that it's not by joining the correct group of people and somehow they will give me the strength. But it's by being sanctified, being set apart, being set not with those that are doing the stuff around me that they shouldn't do, but being set apart with God, with Him, one with Him. How do we speak with this strength? How do we speak with this clarity? By not seeking our own glory, by seeking His glory, by being sanctified, by being set apart. You know, I'm thinking about all these things that we've read about Jesus. What was, what was different about Him? He wasn't seeking approval for, for anybody but God. He was set apart. He was sanctified. He didn't seek anybody's glory. He didn't seek glory for himself from anybody. He was only wanting to give glory to God. And really, I think that it's just, it's, it is hard. It is, it is difficult. to set ourselves aside and to not be thinking anything about ourselves or we're trying to receive our own glory and just completely and fully give glory to God. I'm not saying it's easy. What I'm saying is it's possible, though. And that is what we should be seeking after. That is what we need. 
Will you stand with me? In John 5, 44, it says, how can you believe? How can you believe? If you're seeking honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. How can you believe? That's what keeps us so many times from God in the first place and from His will after we even know Him. Is when we're looking for honor in the wrong places. We're looking for recognition in the wrong places. We're seeking after the approval of people around us and not seeking after God's approval. I want for myself and I want for us to have words that cut through strongholds, to have words that bring healing, to have words that break down barriers. Anybody know that we need that right now? And what are we doing about it? Are we complaining? Are we gossiping? Are, are we getting angry? about these things that are happening or are we speaking words that brings a difference, that brings change, that brings healing, that brings restoration, that breaks down barriers? Because what I hope that, that we've heard today is that all those things that we see that we could possibly complain about, we actually can bring a change in. Can we stop complaining and start changing? Can we stop being angry and start bringing heal, healing? Can we stop tearing things down and start restoring things? Because when we talk about doing this thing that God has called us to do, by all means, what it means is, are we willing to allow God to work in us the full work, the not holding back, the not holding on to something that is actually keeping us from doing what he wants us to do? Are we willing to fully let go and let God do the complete work in us so that we can bring him, his word, his power, who he is to those around us? Because I can tell you, 
from experience that when I am holding on to things, when somebody is holding on to something and not letting go, I am not going to be able to give all of who God is to somebody when I'm not giving all of who I am to God either. How could I possibly think that God can do a complete work and share these words with strength and authority that God has given me or given us? How can we do that whenever we're actually not giving Him everything? I have so much to tell you. I, I, I just think about that and think, I just, if every one of us could find somebody and be like, I have so much to tell you, and it's not about me, it's about God and what he's done in me. It's about God and what's he, what he wants to do in you. What would happen? What would happen? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.